You're listening to the Sherlocked Podcast, hosted by Steve Steele and Anthony Abbott. The Sherlocked Podcast is an everyday review of the Holmes canon. You can find us on Twitter at SherlockedPodC1 and on Instagram at Sherlocked underscore podcast. The game is afoot. Welcome to this latest episode of the Sherlock Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Anthony Abbott, and I'm joined as always by my other co-host, Steve Steele. Perfect. Um, this week's story is uh, a case of identity, um, which, uh, it, yeah, we'll get into it in a second. But it was kind of like after the heady stories of the ones that we've had before, this was kind of like a little bit of a, a little to be a bit of a downturn on this one. Um, I think I don't think it was bad. I just think it was trivial. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah it, it feels like do, do you know like when you have you you see uh, like people make an album they have like their hit singles and then they have like fillers this felt like a bit of a filler a filler as a guy that grew up on 90s rap music especially late 90s early 2000s that's a very prominent thing yeah a lot of double albums filled with like just filler tracks over yeah and, over. and that's what I, this one kind of felt but um before we get into it i just wanted to again thank everybody for uh, their support it's been amazing like we, we really appreciate it um, we've had I'm just going to bring this up here, Steve, just so we can list off all the places we've had listens from. Considering that it's just two idiots trying to talk with Sherlock Holmes, it's been kind of incredible. One uh, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will not have you talk about yourself like that again. So, yeah, uh, Canada, United States, Ireland, UK, Germany, India, Hong Kong, Sweden, Brazil, Poland, Spain, Norway, New Zealand, the Philippines, Italy, Taiwan, Vietnam, Thailand. Japan, Turkey, Australia, and Argentina. Argentina. So, yeah. So uh, I just like thank you all so much. It's been uh, amazing, and yeah, this is it, we do this kind of for ourselves because we're selfish, but it's also kind of cool that people are trying to listen along. Um, so Steve, um, I actually this week before we get into your synopsis, I wrote a team song for your synopsis. Do you want to hear it? Uh, are you going to sing it? Uh, well, I can't sing, but I'll try. So um, okay. it's Steve Synopsis, Steve Synopsis. He makes it up as he goes along. He doesn't see anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, please stop. Just, just, just. He thinks he's a superstar. Who the fuck do you think you are? Steve Synopsis. <laughs> what do you think? I think that should be a weekly thing. I'm going to get into no, the No, no. That, that's, that's, that's a one-time deal. Uh, i got to go into a studio with the people who do Britney Spears' uh, music and let them work on I don't magic. think Max Martin can do <laughs> All right, buddy. So uh, you have your own team song now. So Steve Synopsis, let's have it. For the record, Steve never wanted his own theme song. Anthony just has to be a condescending prick. That's, a, All right. that's an absolute fucking lie, but go ahead. Oh, it's <laughs> the synopsis for a case of mistaken identity, I think is what it's called. Mistaken identity. I it's don't a, know. I, I wasn't a, thrilled about this. We'll do it real quick. A case of identity. A case of identity. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Mary Sutherland is a young woman who visits Holmes to ask for his help with finding out what has happened to Hosmer Angel, a man she had fallen in love with and was about to marry him when he disappeared. She then goes on to explain that she lives with her mother and stepfather, James Windebank. The three of them live in a comfortable life with money left to, left to her from her late father, which is apparently from uh, interest on some investments made in New Zealand. So where was I? From the fact that the letter Mary received from the, wait, from the fact that the letter Mary received from Hosmer Angel was typewritten and other suspicious clues, Holmes deduces the truth behind the mystery. 
He invites Mr. Windebank over for an interview, reveals that he knows Mr. Windebank is in fact impersonating Hosmer Angel to prevent his daughter from marrying. He had, he had hopped out of the carriage in which he was riding to be married with Mary, and so he engineered a disappearance of it as a result with the promise as Hosmer made Mary promise to never give her hand to anyone else, i.e. he was protecting that bag. Which was 100 pounds a month, I believe it was. 100 pounds a year. 100 it was 100 pounds a year. Holmes said that uh, a lady could live off 60 pounds a year. So it's quite significantly and more. And she's also, a, we'll, we'll get into it right now. She's also a typist. Yeah. So she, she makes she so, a job. So but one, of the, one of the first things I, I noticed about the story is that at the beginning of it, like they're talking about um, stuff in the newspaper and Watson's kind of boasting that he can tell what the story's about or something from the headline or something like that. Anyway, it was something called the Dundas separation case that Holmes said he'd helped out with. That story sounded actually way more interesting than what this one ended up being. Uh, that At the end of every meal, the guy would like throw his false teeth at his wife <laughs> and they were separating over that because it was uh, like all these attacks on his wife or something. That's I don't awesome. That more, I don't think that's a more interesting story. I, I just, just want to see how Holmes could help out with that. Like I don't like that's. I just want to know like how he got involved in a man at the end of every meal throwing his false teeth at his wife. Well, the, the, the allusion the, he alludes to the fact that it's not really as reported is what he's saying. So we don't know if that's the case. Does he actually say he used to throw his false teeth at his wife, or do he say that's what's in the paper? I don't remember exactly. It, this story is very. This one's very forgettable. I feel like this one was like a, 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 it was a thrown in a magazine apparently. And like, well, it's an all right story. And like the power of Holmes is cool. There's a lot of things that kind of get left out for our benefit in some cases, like the whole Holmes wowing Watson with deduction thing kind of gets reduced to ash. Then Holmes tries to get Watson to do it. And then says, great job. You're learning. You mean you're dead wrong once again, because he always has to get that little snipe at him. Yeah. But like all in all, like this story was just trite and really What's in what's in uh, Watson's good with colors though, which I thought was like such yeah. Well, a, they, they they allude to he alludes to that by simply writing all the colors of everything. On <laughs> I it. know, and I, I just I felt like so like it was like such a shitty joy about him. It was just like you're good at colors, man. It's like that's like you know, it's basically saying that good boy. You know, it's like when your dog like a fucking dog like gives his paw or something. It's like good boy. It was just the equivalent to that, and I just like Holmes can be a condescending asshole, but I, I like just you. Got, Fuck you. But I'm going to, uh, I definitely think I'm going to uh, buy a set of dentures and just throw them at Sarah at the end of every meal now, just to see what what happens. I mean, given how terrible you are at the wrong husband to begin with, that you're about to introduce two humans in your life where you're never oh going to sleep again, I don't think you want to risk this. I don't know if you can afford the rent in Halifax these days. Yeah, that. it's true. It's true. But I, I, I just want to do it once just to see what happens. Um, so, the, just before, just after that, then, uh, what's called after Holmes makes Watson feel like an idiot again, uh, he, he has a fancy snuff box. He, he offers Watson some snuff and says, It's not just a fancy snuff box. Let's, let's just break this down into its proper context. Holmes is flexing on Watson with <laughs> yeah. a shiny gold snuff box and a di- like, I think it's a diamond ring or something. Yeah, yeah they got diamond in the snuff box and he has a really expensive ring on. Which he then says, oh, these are like little bonus awards from the uh, King of Bohemia. Yeah, and he got one from the uh, the the Dutch royal family that he can't even tell Watson about. So I guess him yes. and Watson aren't as close as what, he, what they let on. But uh, yeah, I just thought well, that was... What he tells him, because because you publish our little adventures, I can't tell you this. Oh, story. okay. 
Well, I, I just thought that was kind of, you're right though, he was totally flexing. He was just like, oh, yeah. pulling out, hey, have some snuff, you know, and then just like showing up in the box. Like, what? Sherlock Holmes up there listening to Migos while he like flexes on Watson. Sherlock Holmes would have definitely belonged in modern Instagram culture, posing in Jordan 1s and the latest Versace pants or something. Yeah, so, exactly. Wow. But that he got as a gift from a client. So um, we, we get down to, to, to meet this uh, Mary Splan, who's the... Uh, the wrong person throughout the story. Um, and Watson's not a fan of her. If you read, if you read like all the, uh, I'm going to go back to the body image thing again, but it's like, if you read all the descriptions that he has about her, like she, she's fat and like she's plump and uh, she doesn't dress very well or she dresses like, like she has, like she doesn't know that she has money or she doesn't know how to dress with the money that she has kind of thing. So I just thought that was a, a little... I know you think nice change of pace for Watson to be critical of a woman for once. Yeah, but like what well, he said something like uh what you so so like when the kid brought her up with the kid with the buttons, like the their little house house boy or whatever they call him, uh Watson says I, I kind of wrote down it was like she's like a full sailed merchantman behind a tiny pilot boat. <laughs> like that's like the fucking meanest thing ever it's like literally like this kid and she's like this big fucking heffalum in behind them i just thought that was kind of like uh, and if you see the picture of uh that sydney paget did or paget whatever I, i'm probably saying it wrong um the picture that he did she does look quite full i would say um but yeah so anyway so what, what did you make of her like from the, the kind of way she came across in the story what did you think of her I thought she was just your regular woman at the time. I'd like to comment that like being fat in Victoria era England was an accomplishment more than anything else. I know, but it was, uh, it's just the way, but, just the descriptions were kind of mean. Yeah, well, we've already criticized Watson's ability to break down people and women frequently, so there's no point in like digging that up. But as far as I thought of Mary Sutherland, I thought Mary Sutherland was just your generic damsel in distress of sorts, love lost, sick puppy very much a woman written at the time, right? That's why I loved Adler so much. She was nothing like how women are generally written in classic literature. So I, I, I thought Sutherland was very cliche. I mean, she's not a bad character. She's just not a good character. She's just a very like placeholder female character, whether she's, whether she's 300 pounds or whether she's 96 pounds, it doesn't really change much. She's. I, I think she's we're trying to, I, th- I think right. we're trying to put across the fact that, like, um, that she, she's like kind of ju- like ready to jump on anything that she gets a chance to. You know what I mean? Like this, like she was like engaged to this guy after one walk or something. So, well, I mean, we've already established this with Watson. Yeah. This is actually quite normal for the time frame. Yeah. So, um, but I definitely, I definitely like f- me. I, I thought that. Uh, she she's obviously not stupid because like she's a typist and she's quite good at what she does because she gets paid quite a bit of money to do and she can live off it. Um, so I imagine like she's obviously like educated. Uh, she's obviously she's also a really nice person because like she gives all of this money up to the family and just lives off her typist wages. So like, this allowance that she's getting like she's not like and that's kind of why this happens is that like, like, like obviously she wants to get out into the world and meet somebody. But I knew pretty much the moment she said that she allows her stepfather and mother to live off that money or take that money while she lives with them, where exactly where this story was going. Like it, it, at that point it was like, all right, let's just get to the end. So we can reveal the stepfather's Hosmer. Like I, I, like 
maybe I'm reading too much Holmes and watching too much Holmes and watching the Brett stuff. But like, I knew instantly as soon as I read that line where this story was going. And I think that was kind of like a negative downturn for me, as far as my interest goes, this story became highly predictable. Like normally when you read home stories, especially if you read week to week with us, there's details that get brought up that don't come back later on. But like this, I knew this was going to be short. So when they were talking about the typewritten leather letter, not leather, <laughs> and uh, the money and everything else. And as soon as they said Windebank was always in France, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is this is like chop, chop, chop. This is how this is gonna play out. And then it played out exactly how I expected it to. So while it wasn't a bad story, it was a relatively I'd say it was a pretty large letdown from the quality of what we've been reading. This will definitely be the lowest pipe score of any story so far for me. Yeah, and I, th- I think like he's a huge piece of shit as well because obviously he's married the mother for her money. I think Holmes alludes to that at the end. And then like he made her sell this successful business that they had for 4,700 pounds, which is a lot of money, but they've obviously squandered it. Like it's, you know, like he, he's got a job at this wine place or wherever, but I mean, like they had 4,700 pounds, which every time you calculate these amounts, it's an insane amount of money. Like, like, just, well, we, we, what, what was it? What was ten thousand pounds? Ten thousand pounds was like ninety-two grand, wasn't it? Yeah, hang on, just I'll I'll, I'll check it here. Six hundred twelve thousand pounds. So that's all. That's over a million dollars. So I don't he, think they squandered it. I just think they're greedy. I don't know though. Maybe like well, I, I the fact, I, I just the fact that they need to keep her there to to like take the money from her makes me think that he's they squandered the money. Um, yeah, well, you don't know anything about greed, then obviously, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, it, I, that's just my my humble opinion. But um, it, it was like just th- this, this poor woman. She just wants to like obviously she's at an age when she just wants to get out there. And yeah, the spinster go- vibes. The spinster. Yeah, spinster. I, I, and the guy just like won't let her go uh, to the to the the ball or go out and see friends and all that kind of stuff. Like I mean, like they, they surely knew that eventually she's gonna like rebel like you can only keep somebody like locked up in a cage for so long and then he devises this horrendous fucking plan um like what sort of a person thinks for the record he not just him he and the mother yeah like and i I think he alludes at the end as well that like it was a joke that got out of hand which is like horseshit because the first time like he got engaged to her after like the first or second day like it it wasn't funny it was never funny in the first place it was definitely wasn't funny when she thinks that she's like like they would have had to listen to her going on about this guy and saying like how amazing he is and all that well well, funny fact is is that they don't tell mary southern what would happen like this the story ends um, kind of abruptly, doesn't it? And not just abruptly, but there's no resolution to this. Like Holmes scares the pants off the guy, but he doesn't scare the pants off him to go back and tell her what's been done. I think he's afraid that like he's going to break her heart. I think that's the thing. probably yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know if that's the case or whatever the case may be. Or Holmes finds the matter so trivial he doesn't care because we've discussed him being a robot kind of in the past. That the feelings no, of this woman. He, I think he says somewhere in there, like uh, that that he was a uh, like felt bad for. Her. I think he definitely felt bad for her, and he said that he's been he a did, scoundrel. He does say he yeah. he sympathizes. Yeah, so which is kind of like a good side, and I think that that's coming from 
being around Watson more. You know what I mean? He's going to kind of get this little, little bits of humanity that he probably wouldn't have given a shit about before. Because, I mean, even when Watson came back, Watson was coming back uh, for the conclusion, um, but he had like a, an emergency to look after and he came in and Holmes was like lying on the couch for all his test tubes. And Watson was like, so how did it turn out? And then <laughs> Holmes was like, oh, it's like some sort of... Uh, uh, sulfate or something like that he's talking about his chemicals and not the actual case of hand so yeah yeah I, I i definitely think like even holmes wasn't that enamored by this whole escapade because he was like you know um it seemed to me like from the from the get-go he, i think he said there's a couple of cases that he knows of that have the same um the, the same type so yeah it was like like i just found for myself um that this is the first story that I've read from the canon so far that when I was a kid, I absolutely loved it. Cause like I said last week, this is like one of my favorite stories and it's the first one I've kind of been let down by reading it as an yeah. adult. Well, we had a conversation this morning. I texted you when I finished it and I was like, this, there's not enough meat on the bone for this. And you're like, how dare you? Why are you being so negative? And then you read it later and you were like, Oh, Oh God. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. This isn't very good at all. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's just perfectly average. I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, there's there's some like little, nice like little nuggets in there, like you know um, how this guy uh, like makes a square on the testament and all this kind of stuff, like which was like how overboard is that? Like making somebody swear on a Bible that you'll never be with anybody else. Like that's like that's another thing I might start getting Sarah today. Like, like you know. Joan, like she says she'll make me a cup of tea and then she doesn't. I was gonna start getting her to like swear on a Bible before she like just after she says she will. So that way, like, you know, she, as, she, as a as a proud atheist, I'll swear on whatever Bible you want for a hundred pounds. Ah, Why not? So, yeah, yes, but fuck. Like, you just stop ruining all my plans here. So like I need to go out and get a Bible and I need to go out and get a set of false teeth just to reenact what's happened <laughs> in this story. You 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 you're just trying to escape these twins, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> crash on Murphy's couch <laughs> and, 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 and I'm uh, I'm sorry to say that we won't be calling them Holmes and Watson I tried but she said no so um don't, yeah, don't so, make on Jackson that's all I asked Jackson with an X especially <laughs> yeah so did the, the another thing I found interesting about about this one is is that it was a complete reverse from last week uh in terms of the villain like John Clay we both liked uh, I, I thought that he was like clever. He was kind of funny because he was like telling the guy to get his hands off. Um, and he was actually like a, he was clever in a kind of like ingenious way. And he wasn't really, apart from the bank people, he wasn't really harming anybody, I suppose. This guy is, is a huge piece of shit. And I think that's a, another reason why I don't think I was as in love with this story as what I was with last week's, just because. Well, the story is only as good as its villain. And, um, James Windebank, I think is his name, is not a good villain. He's just, he's like Holmes said, like that guy's going to swing from the gallows one of these days. We'll just let it happen. And I don't know. Like nothing about this story goes above and beyond. There's nothing interesting here. Like impersonating someone else is very common in Holmes stories. So that's not really shocking. Like there's nothing here. Like it's, it. I feel like he was told to write like something about love and he was like, fine, I'll show you love. <laughs> this is what yeah. he did. Like it, it, it just. 
this one is just a total miss. Like, it's not a bad one. It's not like, oh, I dreaded this. It was only 10 pages. It didn't stick around long enough. But if they expanded this into a full novel, I would be like, this is a zero out of 10. But this is 10 pages, so I won't, I won't go there. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's kind of how I felt about it, too. Like, like I, I just, I, as I said, like, I just felt that um, this, like, it would have been cool to have him maybe in a story later on that something that he'd done something else or, you know, just kind of prove Holmes's point. Because uh, as you said, like it, the story's kind of just left open. You know what I mean? It's like, like yeah, it, she, she's not told anything. He runs off. Um, I did I did enjoy the the little bit of a comeuppance when Holmes had the riding crop and was going to beat seven shits out. Did he, say, did he say he was going to get, he had the riding crop? He's like, Watson, where's my riding crop? Yeah, and he meant to grab her or something and the guy like fucking hightailed over. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that bit, like getting the bit of comeuppance. Because the, the guy was even like a huge piece of shit when Holmes locked him in the room. He was like, uh, like talking about, um, this is against the law. You're keeping me imprisoned and all that kind of shit, right? So uh, he he was just everything about him was just slimy and just uh, I did. Well, he's like, not supposed to be likable, Anthony. So, I, I, I know, but but as I said, like there is villains that are likable. This guy just really wasn't. We uh, haven't had a lot of actual true blue villains in these stories so far. Like John, John Clay was. John Clay was John Clay was probably the first real true villain we had. And the the, the two guys from the uh, study in Scarlet were kind of assholeish. They were kind of like villains as well. Yeah, but th- they weren't the people Holmes was after. They were the victims in the story. I, I know, but they were still kind of villainish. Yeah, but they weren't the villains. Okay. Jesus Christ, fucking. Off he I mean, goes they're not the villains, the Holmes Split, and Watson, anyway. Fucking splitting hair, Steve is off again. Anyway, so um, what the, what what. Would you give this one in terms of pipes and why? Uh, I give this two and a half pipes. Fucking hell, that low? I said if it was a full book, it would have been a zero. So that tells you how much. Jesus, it was predictable. It was generic. It wasn't. This is this is. I if he goes lower than this one in the future, I would be surprised. As far as I'm concerned. I'm I'm very disappointed, as I said, because when I was a kid, I loved this story. Um, obviously, I was I was a bit of a dummy because I didn't get <laughs> what was happening in it when I was a kid. But uh, now reading it as a, a little bit older, I could kind of see through what was happening. But at the same time, though, I did kind of I, I just loved the name Hosmer Angel. That was pretty cool, and I kind of liked the little bits and little bits and pieces in there. Like I, I kind of enjoyed um, the comeuppance at the end and. Stuff for that, so I'm gonna give six pipes. I think that's oh my god, that's high. No, 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 study of Scarlet a seven. You gave this six, yeah. I, 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 no, what did I give study of Scarlet? Was it a seven? seven. Okay, you're right. Maybe I need to revise that. Um, I I think you, if you go any higher than five here, you're being way too kind. Um, fuck. yeah, I think I will need to reevaluate that. I'll probably go five. I think five is the fair score. All right, if, yeah. if, if I'll accept five, but like putting it within the same realm of study and Scarlet. Yeah, that, that, you're right. I didn't think I went that low with study and Scarlet. You did. I think then the next week I gave the sign of the four or seven, and I, I could not give this a five or a six because I profoundly enjoyed the sign of the four way more than that. Shit, I need, I need to. We need to start writing these things down so we know. I don't future. worry, they're all here. Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. So yeah, so uh, next week's story is actually. <laughs> A really good story. The Boscombe Valley. Uh, I think it's the Boscombe Valley mystery. Uh, I think I've watched that Jeremy Brett episode. Yeah, and there's also a really good um, 
Peter Cushing version of it too, which you should watch. It's uh, one of the ones that he did. Oh, I'm obsessed with Jeremy Brett's in, in the sixties. So, uh, yeah, that's the next one. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, this was kind of like as I said, it was just it was just filler, and um, you can kind of you can kind of sense that he was like looking for uh, something to get on. I was page. expecting this quality drop off much later in the canon, like way later. When yeah, although this may have been written later, I don't know when this was written. It appeared in like 1891 and 1980 or 1892 in like a magazine called Strand or Stand Magazine. I looked into it. The, the, the Strand Magazine was the famous one that a lot of the stories. Yeah, the it. Strand Magazine. Yeah. This, this one appeared, I think, in December of 1892. So, so I feel I feel maybe it's he probably just had this one kicking around. He probably had the idea swimming around for something and then was just like, you know, oh, I've got a deadline to hit. Fuck it, I'll just make a story. I, it feels like he was out partying with his friends and getting drunk <laughs> and realized he had a deadline to hit and came home and whipped this. Yeah, together. him and Oscar Wilde were like like knocking back uh, some sherry or something like before, and then they fucking he was just like bollocks. I need to do something. So yeah, so um, next week I'm sure will be uh, pro- hopefully a little bit better. But you know, like this is this is why we do this, right? I mean, like you're gonna have good ones, you're gonna have bad ones, and. You know, I don't expect to go lower than two. And I think I was being nice giving it two. So therefore, um, if we go lower than this, I'll be much more scathing. Yeah. It's but I, that's 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 part of why I wanted to do this, is so I can see these old stories in a new light. And it's uh yeah, it's the the so the stories so far have been great. Um and I've seen them in a new light and I've really enjoyed it. This is the first one where I was just like a bit it's unfortunate for this one too that it followed a scandal in Bohemia and the redhead of the yeah that that, that that is true like that, those I, are like those are probably my two favorite stories right now that we've read so far they went back to back so inevitably there was going to be a fall off so maybe that impacts the score a little bit but like I also didn't really love a sign of the four that much but I still felt it was good but this I didn't feel there was much good like there was moments like you, I don't know if scoring a, a story high because you like a character's name is a fair no, no, but I, I just, I, I just felt that like the, the whole, the, the premise was pretty, like it was a good premise. It just it wasn't, wasn't a good premise. It, it was. just wasn't it was. executed very well, and I think that's it, why it's kinda... executed extremely poorly. Yes, yeah. So, uh, Steve, it's your, it's your turn. Uh, sorry, your time, I should say, to uh, let people know where they can find us on social media. You can find Anthony running the Sherlock Podcast social medias on Twitter at SherlockPodC1. And on Instagram at Sherlock underscore podcast. Amazing. So, yeah, so we've had a lot of interactions on uh, social media. It's been kind of great to see people getting in touch. Um, I, I really enjoy talking to people. Um, it's part of the reason why I do podcasts. It's just been meeting new people and just having a, a bit of a laugh and also just being able to hear their opinions and stuff like that. So please do get in touch with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and thanks again, everybody, for the support. Uh, Steve, um, what's the name of this other show that you do if people want to like listen to? I don't think these cross-pollinate very well, but if you're also a sports listener, if you like North American sports, especially hockey these days, but that's what we're talking about because we're Canadian, is uh, Armchair Commentary is a podcast I do my with the host, David Smith. I am definitely the co-host on both these shows. So, yeah, that's that. Yeah, um, I also do a show called Down the Pub Podcast. I wasn't doing Freedom, it the free the re, the the resurrection of Down the Pub. Yeah, um, so I I popped out a few episodes, so that's been um, kind of fun to do, just to kind of talk some. Uh, no longer talking about MLS football, thank God. 
Yeah, like it's mostly. Uh, I've been talking a little bit about the the Canadian Premier League, which is uh, which has been fun. So yeah, so you can check that out too down the pub podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that's our little plug for the other show, so that way uh, we, Dave doesn't get angry, and uh, I can kind of just get my show out there a little bit more. So yeah, so Steve, thank you so much, man. It's been a lot of fun. Um, next week, Boscombe Valley, uh, get on it. Um, thank you again the synopsis was amazing this week so uh, great job man thank you so until next week dear listeners dear readers the game is afoot It's Steve Synopsis, Steve Synopsis. He makes it up as he goes along. He doesn't see anything wrong. Can <laughs> please stop? Just, just. He thinks he's a superstar. Who the fuck do you think you are? Steve Synopsis. Steve Synopsis. <laughs>